And as you're seated, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the work that you're doing and the work that you're getting ready to do. And so come, Holy Spirit. We pray that you would anoint the preaching of your word, that you would anoint our ears to hear your word, and prepare our hearts to respond to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to read this passage from Matthew 28 in your Bibles. If you've got your Bible on your seat um, or brought yours with you, we're going to be in Matthew 28. And we're taking a break from our Acts series in the kingdom of God to look today at the king. And all over the earth, people are looking at Jesus the king. And so going to um, pick up a couple of verses in at the end of 27. And um, Jesus had come. He had been crucified. He had died. He was buried. After he was buried, the religious leaders went to the political leaders and said, he said that he was going to rise again. And so let's um, make that tomb secure. And so the political leader said this, take a guard Go and make the tomb as secure as you know how. That's where he was buried, in the tomb. And so they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him, they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who is crucified. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I've told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy And they ran to tell the disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go in Galilee. There they will see me. And this is the good news of the gospel. We're picking up a story that's a reminder for some, and this may be the first time that any of you, some of you have heard this story. And so I want to kind of give you a little bit of the backdrop. Because these people in the front row just profess their faith in Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus? If we don't know who Jesus is, the meaning of this day kind of gets beyond us. And the world would like to say it's about bunny rabbits and candy and... I don't know what all the world would like to say it's about, but I'm going to tell you this is Resurrection Day, and it's about Jesus. And so who is Jesus? 
Jesus is the king. He's the creator of everything. And he's the one who puts things in order. And he created with the Father and the Son, God himself created all of this wonderful creation. And it was perfect until humanity sinned. And scripture tells us that the wages of sin, what is the sin? They disobeyed what God said because God was king. And he knew how everything would be, um, would flourish and how this good garden would be so good and so great. And this world, as intended, was so good and great. And there was nothing. There was no pain. There were no drugs. There was no abuse. Nothing like that was in the kingdom, in the garden. But humanity disobeyed. And scripture tells us that the wages of sin is death. And so we've been suffering death. And every time that death comes, we say, this isn't the right. This isn't the way it's supposed to be. And scripture says, yes, that's absolutely true. And the reason that we have every suffering and every pain is because we as humans made a choice to rebel against the king. But God didn't leave us in our sin. This is the great news. God didn't leave us in our sin. He chose to select a people and to call them out and to say, I'm going to be your God and you're going to be my people. You're going to be my children. Just like you're, you're, I'm ready to be a child of God. They didn't even know that was going to be possible. But God was so gracious and good. And through the Old Testament, it talked about a Messiah. A Savior was going to come. A king was going to come, and he was going to save his people. Well, Jesus came. And this king, people were trying to figure out who he was. But you know what he was doing? He was doing the things that the king would do in a kingdom that is wonderful. And so he was healing people. People that were sick were getting healed. People that were broken were being made whole. People that were tormented by evil spirits were being liberated. And all of a sudden, those things that were tormenting them were gone. And they were in their right minds. And their lives were starting to get set right. Jesus loved everybody he saw. And he was just bringing the goodness of God to life after life after life. And he did nothing wrong, friends. And yet, he went right to the cross And he laid down his life, and he was killed. An innocent man was killed. Why was he killed? Isaiah told us that the Lord laid on him the iniquities, the sins of us all. Jesus paid the price, because remember, the wages of sin is death. Jesus paid that price. And everyone who believes in him has new life and has that opportunity to have their lives set right, and to live in his kingdom forever and ever and ever because his kingdom is a kingdom that lasts forever. So this life is short, but this life is not all there is. And so Jesus is king, and the meaning of Easter is that Jesus is risen, and all who believe on him will have everlasting life. That's what you all are celebrating here is that God's promise that he was going to take a people and make them his own, this is what he's done for you. And you're seeing the fulfillment of that as you profess your faith. Pastor Dave talked about the meaning of baptism, this idea that there would be a people 
and that by God's work in their lives, they would be their sins would be washed away, and that their lives would be made pure and holy. We've heard the benefits of this kingdom, even in your stories. We've heard about how when the king comes, when Jesus comes in your life, how that there's a change, there's hope. You start to feel like, I want to know more about him. You went to the other way. You went to classes because it's like my sister's telling me this. I want to know more. I want to know about Jesus. You know. You followed some other paths, Jody. You followed some other religions, and you were confused every time. It's gotten clear now because Jesus is the way. It's not fuzzy anymore. He's drawing you closer and closer. Mary, you've seen how God, as you've submitted your life to Christ and grown close to Christ, he's taken you through these hard, hard things with Katrina, with health issues, and yet the Lord's made you stronger, and he's put you in a family. We're family. We hear that often around here. We're family, and he invites us into family. Now, I'm going to tell you something. In this passage, there were two responses. One was people were trying to resist Jesus. They were trying to block him. They were trying to shut him out of their lives. And what happened when the angel of the Lord, who represents the kingdom, when he shows up, when the angel shows up, they are terrified and they are incapacitated. The other response, the ones who know Jesus and love Jesus, they're shocked. But what are they doing? They take one look at him, and they're grabbing a hold of his feet, those feet that had the nails put right through them. And they're grabbing those feet, and they're saying, you are the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And you're alive, and you're not leaving me, and your kingdom that I was afraid maybe all the goodness was gone, and you're here, and you're here. And they worship forever. Friends, there's these two responses. There's nothing in between. You can, this culture would say, well, that's good for you, but not for me. You either love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, or you're standing in apathy and indifference and dead in sin. Now, one thing I notice in this passage is there just seems to be an urgency. And let me explain what I mean by that. This urgency, it says, after the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week. Now, I don't know about you, but when I go to sleep, I am always shocked at when it's time to wake up. It's like, how can it possibly be morning already? Yes? Can I get an amen? Yes. All right? Dawn comes suddenly. All right. All of a sudden, there's an earthquake. How many of you have got it on your day timers of when there's going to be an earthquake in the world. Are you anticipating it? Do you know when it's coming? No. All of a sudden, just suddenly, the earth is shaking. Suddenly, the angel of the Lord comes, and it says, like lightning. There's a storm coming. There's clouds coming. There's wind coming. But you don't know when the strike comes. When the strike comes, when the lightning comes, there's an urgency, I believe, that he would just have us notice because he says, come and see and then go quickly. 
And then the women hurried away. And I'm like, Lord, what is this urgency? What is this quickness? What is this that you're trying to say? And I believe this is what he would say to us through this passage. I love you so much. I don't want one person to perish. I don't want one person to die without having the hope of Jesus Christ so that they could have eternal life with me. And so today, friends, today is a day where Jesus is risen and you are hearing the good news that there is hope and life forever if you only believe and put your trust in him. And so I don't know if you've ever done that before. But this week, within our church congregation, we've had two members of our church that have had young co-workers pass away. None of us know how many days we have. And today is a day that if you don't know Jesus, you could have the hope of eternal life. And all it means is that you just turn and say, Jesus, I believe you're the king, and I put my trust in you. And just like, Lori, you prayed, just teach me to grow more and more to know you. Because this is a lifelong, eternal, long knowing and growing and knowing of him. And so that invitation is for each of us. And so today, if we know him, we're just saying again, Lord, I thank you that I know you. And I thank you that you rose from the grave. And if you don't know him, today, right now, you can begin to know him because you've heard the good news that he died in your place. And so I'm going to invite us to all just close our eyes right now, bow our heads, and with nobody looking around the room, I'm going to ask, would you like to place your trust in Jesus and get to know the King Jesus more? And if that's true, I'm going to invite you, while nobody's looking, to just raise your hand. Thank you. I see those hands. Are there others that just say, I have never accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want to know Jesus. I want to make him the king of my life. Now I'm going to ask, are you far from the Lord? And you say, I've been, I've been distant, just like some of these other people shared. I've been distant from the Lord And today I want to come back. I'm just going to ask you to put your hand up. You want to come back to the Lord. I see those hands. I see those hands. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to invite everyone in this room to pray this prayer out loud with me. I'm going to pray it and you just repeat it after me. And so we're all praying this together. Dear Lord. I believe Jesus is the king. I believe Jesus died for my sins. I'm sorry for my sins. And I believe Jesus paid the penalty for my sins on that cross. I believe Jesus raised to new life. 
And today, I raise to new life. I invite Jesus into my heart. I invite Jesus' spirit into my life. And I invite God the Father's love into my heart. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Gina said, um, nobody is looking, but um, I, I don't qualify under nobody because somehow I, I, I just exempted myself from that. And so I saw hands that she was naming being raised, and I just want to say, praise God. Praise God. Um, for you who are coming back to him, you who are coming to him for the first time. And um, we're getting ready to sing a song that is the Apostles' Creed. I believe we're going to profess our faith together. But what I want to encourage is that you not just sing it out, but that after the worship service, you tell somebody, this is what the Lord's done in my heart today, and this is how I've responded. And you come talk. You come talk to, you come talk to one of the prayer teams that are up front. Have them pray with you. You come talk to one of the pastors. You come talk to a family member. But you share let us share in your joy and you share your profession of faith in Christ. Okay? Let's stand and let's sing together. <laughs>